Welcome to Chi Talks, where it's all about the energy. And if everything is made of energy, then we have a lot to discuss. So let's dive right in. My guest today is Dr. Robert Chuck Rowe, born in 1936, has studied Tai Chi, Qigong, and other movements and healing arts since 1970. Under masters such as Chen Menching, William C.C. Chen, Elaine Summers, Alice Holtman, Harvey Sober, Kevin Harrington, and Chin Fen Song. He's taught Tai Chi extensively, certified as a master teacher of kinetic awareness, and has authored six books, which have won many awards. He's produced four videos, which in addition to his books and diet and historical tuning are available at www.chuckrotaichi.com. Uh, Dr. Chuck Rowe, whose PhD is in experimental physics from NYU, has taught physics also at NYU, the Cooper Union, Fieldston, and other schools for over four decades. Let's welcome him to the show, Dr. Chuck Rowe. Thank you for being here. And I'm really excited to be talking with you about Tai Chi, Qigong, and the like. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling today, this morning? Good. Glad to be here. Well, let's dive right in. Let's talk about first... I'd like to go into Nagong. I haven't mentioned Nagong on the show much. Um, so it'd be great if you could talk about Nagong. And uh, before that, distinguish Tai Chi and Qigong, and then talk about how Nagong uh, falls into play with that. Okay. Um, it should be understood that different people will have different viewpoints on all of these um, things that I'm going to talk about. Um, Qigong is very old, thousands of years old, and it was originally done mentally, in other words, sitting, doing meditation, the idea of cultivating the, the energy of the body. And um, what happened was when they, the, the Chinese were taught martial arts by um, people from India, they then saw that, that the um, that by doing certain movements, there was an intensification of qi that went beyond what you could do just mentally. And so they started to devise m movements, qigong movements, and there are many, many different ways of doing this. Um, you can't even count them. There's so many different types of qigong because it's so old and it's spread in so many ways, so many different ways. And what basically Qigong is, it's any kind of movement that will help to cultivate Qi. Uh, Taiji, on the other hand, uh, actually was started as a martial art, Taiji Chuan, and Chuan means fist, which signifies that it's fighting, uh, self-defense. Uh, Taiji Chuan um, was uh, is is quite has has qigong in it. It is qigong. It's more, it's actually more than that. It'll, it also has nagong in it, which I'll talk about next. And 
that has many more elements in it because it was used for self-defense. And it was a very specialized uh, form of self-defense that was um, very successful. It was the, mo the most successful martial art in China. This is hundreds of years ago. But Taiji is not that old. It, it may, the principles are, but the, the actual art is um, maybe hundreds of years old. Nobody knows exactly how many. Some people say 800, some people say 250. Um, the records are not clear because it was very secret. And uh, the, there are elements in it, uh, yin and yang, very important. The Taiji is the name for the, the, the um, yin-yang symbol. So it follows the principles of yin and yang and circularity, continuity, uh, changing of yin and yang, exchanging of yin and yang. But it also has other principles, non-action, meaning doing absolutely the minimum that that's that that you can in order to get the desired result. Um, Non-action, non-intention, meaning don't send your mental energy out that the opponent can intercept and uh, be be alerted and be forewarned. Um, Non-attachment, which is a whole thing in itself, meaning um, not to have any preconceptions, which we are all full of we, because of the media, our parents, schooling, um, all of these influences. And the idea is to sort all that out. Our emotional system is another one uh, that, that, that supersedes its role. It has a role, but it goes way beyond and causes us to get into a lot of trouble. Um, so it has there, and of course continuity, circularity. All the movements are circular, and um, done very smoothly. So t Taiji has many more elements, and of course now it's used more for health and for um, as an exercise. But it's also it's a system of healing. It's akin to me meditation. It has very many elements it, that meditation has, which. The main one being experiencing directly rather than through our analytical uh, mind, rather than through all the through words, all the things that we've learned uh, that filter that 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 can cause uh, misunderstanding can can cause problems so um, it's also I feel it's a spiritual teaching it certainly is the precursor of one it doesn't have all the elements in it but it certainly has some of them. And uh, uh, one of them is releasing everything you can, all the ex excess tension that you can. And in doing so, you can then um, start to release unwanted thoughts, un uh, emotions that, 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 would, that tend to um, take us over, uh, things like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a deep art, it, it, it takes, one lifetime really isn't enough to, to learn it at this point. Uh, the Neigong, um, my understanding of Neigong is it's Qigong taken to another level. What it is doing, this is my explanation, I don't think anybody else would say it quite the way I'm going to. 
what it's doing is using, see the only way that we can communicate with our bodies that's known is through electricity, through our nervous system. So what Neigong is, is using our intention, using our um, understanding of the, the feedback system, the feeling of qi, to send electricity to intensify the qi. So it goes beyond just doing movements that will also create, uh, cultivate qi. This takes it to another level. And in Tai Chi, uh, as a martial art, the, this is also used to develop a certain kind of strength called Ne Gong. Gong is skill, but it's Ne means internal, internal skill. So, and, uh, ne, I'm sorry, Ne Jin. Nei Jin. Nei Gong is internal skill. Nei Jin is internal strength, but it's not ordinary strength. It's a very highly specialized, refined kind of strength that was used in such a way that it was concealed. The opponent didn't know, had no idea about what you were doing because they would feel it and they didn't have any idea. It was, con it was called concealed. And one way it's described is cotton wrapped, wrapped uh, steel wrapped in cotton. In other words, very strong, but on the outside, it, it seems like nothing. That's, that, that's great. I, I appreciate you sharing, actually, in your own words. Um, that's the benefit of talking with many uh, practitioners. Um, so <clears throat> I really liked your explanation of tai chi and a lot of the qualities that you mentioned eloquently and so thoroughly and nei gong uh, to tie that in um, in your words seems as like a boosted sort of qi gong like a boosted qi gong and my understanding um, nei gong is a chinese word for people um, who are not familiar remember that gong like in qi gong means energy, time, skill, cultivation, and nay just refers to internal as, a, uh, as opposed to external, which is Y gong. And these in uh, martial qi gong society are always talked about. Um, in tai chi society, I wouldn't say they're always talked about, but if there is a strength building aspect to tai chi training they would refer to the nei gong and the nei jing um, and jing just refers to the power the internal power remember nei is internal and jing refers to power or the force or the energy by which um, energy is used displayed um, manifested um it has a lot to do with mind cultivation, no? Yes, absolutely. The, the internal? Yes, because in order to, to get this, you have to be so in touch with your body that you know every muscular tension that, that's there. And you have to release all muscular contraction because the muscular contraction is so strong that it, first of all, masks the, this fledgling form of strength that could develop. But at the beginning stages, it's very hard to, 
to notice because it's so so subtle eventually it becomes very powerful and so if you use contractive strength you're not going to find that you're not going to feel it because we're so used to moving that way and using that kind of strength we just habitually do that it also makes you less sensitive not only does it mask the fledgling Nejin, ne, ne but it also um, makes you less able, uh, less sensitive to even be able to feel it if it's there. So the, the thing is you have to let everything in the body go. That's very hard. That's very difficult to do. People find it very hard. And um, that's a whole thing in itself. But until you do that, you're not going to ever get, get to that stage. I'd like to remind folks, uh, it's 9.15, uh, you got it tuned to KMUD, and this is Chi Talks with Javi. My guest is uh, Dr. Robert Chukro today, author, Tai Chi practitioner, uh, since the 1970s, and you've actually um, trained with William C.C. C. Chen, um, and uh, Chen pretty much, Chen pretty, pretty, pretty much the godfathers of modern <laughs> Tai Chi training, actually, like yeah. the ambassadors, if you will, of modern uh tai chi we're talking about internal cultivation um and i've actually touched on these but i really like the <clears throat> i really like the direction that this mind um cultivation this mind awareness juxtaposed to body awareness uh, uh is going this this conversation so you're saying that in order to open the door for the Naging the nagong practice the physical body and the tendency to use muscular strength needs to be um attunely uh, aware and even um mitigated uh if you will and this makes me think of like mind over matter this saying that we that we have and so this also speaks to Tai Chi training in which we try to maximize efficiency and only use the, the tissues that are required. So this also speaks to Tai Chi. This, there's this crossover, if you will, right, of principle in Nei Gong training and Tai Chi training in relaxation and maximizing efficiency or maximizing energy by, by um, what would you say, mitigating your your tendency for physical uh, exertion. And this makes me think of the sympathetic response of the body by which the, the blood rushes to the muscles in the legs and in the arms so as to be ready for a fight or flight situation. So it's almost like counterintuitive in a way to nature. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the other element of it is um, as, an, as a fighting art, Taiji Tran was based on feeling everything about the opponent. The way they say it is, I know the opponent, but the opponent doesn't know me. Meaning, you feel every bit of tension. You know what they're going to do next. Uh, you, you, but the opponent, because, because you're so relaxed and, and the strength is so hidden, you, the opponent doesn't have any uh, clue about what you're going to do and because you also don't have any intention to do it until you actually until it's too late for the opponent so when developing it in yourself 
then you're more able to feel it in the other person. If How are you going to feel it in another person if you can't even develop it in yourself, which you have this constant um, connection with, direct connection with. So that developing that direct connection with everything in your body is so important for health, for under, knowing when you're you know, when you need to go to a doctor or a hospital or not, because you want to avoid that. When to take pharmaceutical or not, um, whether you can do it yourself, all of these things come into play. So it has tremendous health value, but then it can also be used if you're trained to take it to the other level. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that the process of cultivating the internal uh, strength mechanism, the energy strength mechanism, the process of that puts you in tune with essentially your own internal mechanics uh, to the point by which you know yourself and you know, I guess, you know, moment by moment, uh, what is needed in terms of uh, your own uh, body health, mental health, um, energetic health, and how to uh, address issues should they arise? Perfectly, beautifully said. I, I, I agree with that totally. I just want to change one word. You are more able to do those things, not totally able. Nobody is totally able to, but more able increasingly so as you practice it and and learn about all the peripheral things so uh, you when you go to a doctor you have to be an educated consumer you have to know something and we have an internet where we can look up side effects of pharmaceuticals we can learn certain, a lot of things um also knowing physiology and and um, um anatomy to know where the, how the bones and muscles work all of these things are, are tools which, enable, which help enable that. Um, for me, physics was a big one because that's my, my training. Yeah, let's go ahead and segue to the interdisciplinary aspect of Tai Chi training. And maybe you can tell us how you found Tai Chi and how you found physics and how you continue to use those and then other uh, inter, inter or other disciplines that help to you know cultivate your nagong and internal cultivation by by how how i found them meaning how, how i'm not sure what you mean by that well I, i'm not sure if you found physics or tai chi first and how physics physics first yeah okay uh, yeah. around 1970 um i met this um girl that i had known many, many years before. And she was an artist and she said, you know, you should, you're very stiff and you're very, you know, you're, you're, you're very um, high strung. You should go to this school where I'm learning calligraphy. She was an artist and she was learning calligraphy with my first teacher, Cheng Min Cheng. And I had no idea what Taiji was. So I went there, but in those days I was doing a lot of calisthenics and building my body up. I was, I was very strong. I could do a one-handed chin with either hand, you know, either arm. Um, 50 push-ups was nothing for me. Um, the, 
so I went to the school and I saw all these people doing these slow movements and I said to myself, how could that be of any value? And then I saw this heavy guy, very fat, and I said, oh, in those days very few people were overweight. And I said, how could this be a place for health if you have people like that? But then the class ended and there was a sword class. And this heavy guy was moving so beautifully. I said, you know, maybe there's something to this. And I knew I was very uncoordinated and I felt, well, maybe this will help me. So I signed up for three months. It was a big commitment, a bit, monetarily too. It was $51 for three months or $52. That was a lot of money for me in those days. It, you know, that would be like, I don't know what now. And maybe five, $600 now <clears throat> and, uh, or more. But I signed up after two weeks, I was totally addicted to it, <laughs> totally into it. I saw the potential of it, but, but I only had a glimmer because I'm still seeing it. And now at the age of 85, I'm still learning new stuff all the time. And it's, it, it just, there's always more in this art. It's, it's so amazing. Anything that's been around that long and based on, on not, that, that kind of knowledge that's thousands of years old is the, there's going to be a lot to it. You'll never get it. You'll never understand it all. You'll never get it all. So then I found that physics helped me understand Tai Chi more because physics is a study of movement and, it, um, and Tai Chi is movement. So we have mass, we have momentum, we have gravity, um, we have um, uh, all these, the, these uh, turning, shifting, all these things that are covered, that are extremely well explained by physics that hundreds of years of understanding have gone into explaining these things. And so I started to utilize some of that. And then I saw that, that although some people wanted, thought that that was inappropriate to apply to Tai Chi, oh no, you, you don't want to bring science into it. Uh, I don't understand why. I started, uh, but there were others who, who were very interested in applying science. So I, I, I didn't, take it very far. It was all basic, very basic stuff. Something you'd learn in, in a high school course. Not even, not even that. And uh, so that's, that's carried me very far in Taiji. And the other tools I mentioned, anatomy, physiology, psychology, etc. Um, Is that wait, what you wait. were interested in my talking that's about? That's great. Yeah, I was curious about, I was curious about, uh, if you were, if when you discovered Tai Chi at this point in the sh story that you share, which is great, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, were you also studying physics or, or teaching physics at that time? I had just gotten my PhD and I was teaching, I was um, a, a an adjunct professor at NYU and then also Cooper Union uh, at the same time. And so, yeah, I was, I was still involved in physics. You had, because of your uh, ability to do like one arm pull-ups, one arm chin-ups, um, push-ups and whatnot, you had this already, this cultivated and this, uh, this cultivated uh, ability and the attuneness and awareness with your physical body 
So you already knew, like, if you applied your time and your energy to something, you could, um, you could achieve benefits and skills. So how did the, how did it go from physical to more internal and energetic for you? Wow. That's such a great question. (laughs) Um, the, at that time, when I started Tai Chi, uh, everything was science to me. Science would explain everything. And anything that couldn't be explained scientifically, I had to reject. And then I saw what people could do. Uh, my first teacher, Cheng Minqing, said, touch my shoulder. I just touched his shoulder, and suddenly I was flying. And then he said, touch it again. I was flying. I saw what, what, what could be done, the things that could happen that couldn't be explained. Certainly couldn't explain it by physics. Maybe it could be, but I couldn't. And I started, it started to open my mind. And I started to realize that there's more to, to understanding things than just one way of understanding it. And um, so I, now I think of all the different areas of knowledge as a pie and each slice of that there are infinite number of slices maybe or who knows how many slices but each slice has something in it that the other slices uh, may be missing or that or that may overlap and the more slices you bring into play the more you, you more tools that you use the more rounded you are and the more able you are to unravel some of the mysteries of things which abounds, which abounds, especially in Taiji. So can you, can you explain maybe some of the experiences that you had going from physical to internal, more um, muscular uh, sort of uh, aware to energetic aware? And then maybe you can segue into how the cells um, and how the awareness of cells and cellular processes come about. Well, uh, after I'd been studying Tai Chi for several years, about, I think about four years, I, I found this, what happened was I, my back was very bad. <clears throat> I'd have to lie on the floor for a period of time, num- numerous times during the day to relieve the pain. And um, I was teaching at, at that time at a, at a high school, an alternative high school, and I found a room where I could lie down on the, on the rug and one of my students came in and she said, are you okay? And, and I explained to her and she said, you should see my teacher, Elaine Summers. She's a genius. She will show you how to help you back. And so I got the information and I went to Elaine Summers and I saw that she had a whole teaching that was so different from anything that I'd learned. And everything was done on the floor and she had all these rubber balls that you would lie on, different numbers of them, and do these very subtle movements in a, the most relaxed way you could. Um, and you, can, you really can't relax completely unless you're lying on the floor <clears throat> because you, your habitual ways of moving and muscular patterns will start to come into play as soon as you stand up. But when you're lying down, you, you can let go of more of that. And I studied with her for quite a number of years. Everyone else took credit for my improvement in my back, uh, the, the, um, 
the people at Taiji said, see what Taiji did for your back, see how much better it is. The chiropractor said the same thing. Uh, the massage person said the same thing. My meditation teacher said the same thing. Look what meditation did for your back. But it was studying kinetic awareness with Elaine Summers that, that, that really did it. And what, what it turned out was the, the turning point in, in, the, in my problems with my back was understanding that instead of trying to hold my body up straight by tensing the muscles in my back, which you can only do for maybe a few minutes, you can't do it any more than that. And especially because they were so uh, stretched and out of tone, couldn't do it, too painful. And you, you can't even, so, anybody, nobody can do that. To instead use the Neijin, which he taught me to expand the front to support the back, which doesn't take any um, real energy other than nerve energy. And so that, being able to do that changed everything with me. I can go, I don't even think about my back anymore. My posture is not perfect, but I don't have any problems. Um, so then I decided I would try to th think of what's going on when you're doing this. How can you develop strength without con contracting muscles? And um, it was a long road. And, and this is also uh, my t teacher, Elaine Summers, wanted me to, she, knowing my background in science, she wanted me to get a PhD in physiology and then get a grant and do research and find out what this was. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I hadn't even yet no connected it to Taiji. I didn't even realize it's a, that in Taiji there's a name for this and this is an important thing, but I had learned it from her. And so what I did is I, I tried to write about it and people, a person from the United Kingdom read what I wrote and, and said, you should talk to this person in, in Washington State um, University. Um, what, uh, and he's an expert on water and electricity, what electricity does to water. And I spoke to him. It took, took a while for me to connect with him, but we did. And his, the idea that I got was that our, our bodies are filled with water. We have, what, 70% water or something like that. <clears throat> we have electricity that we're sending to our muscles all the time and different organs and all kinds of things, constantly using this electricity. That's how we do everything. If you apply that electricity instead of to your muscles, to the water in your body, it changes it according to uh, this guy, Gerald Pollack, who, who he's been doing this for 30 years and he has videos on YouTube and, and has books written on, on this and he really can show that this happens. It turns, the water, instead of being a liquid, a solid or a gas, turns into a gel and expands and becomes strong and also the electricity up, ups the flow of chi. So that you get all, the best of all the worlds and there aren't any toxic byproducts which occur when you tense muscles. You never get tired doing it. You can do it as long as you want. And uh, so I've, my new book uh, writes about that. I've written about that and we'll see how it's received. So far it seems good. But, uh, what's the name of this book? I sorry. Oh, what's the what's the name of this book? It's um, t 
Taiji Concepts and Experiments, T-A-I-C-H-I, Concepts and Experiments, and the subtitle is um, Hidden Strength, Natural Movement, and Timing, mm-hmm. because those are the main things in the book. Hidden strength originally was concealed strength, but I think that may have been too strong to, to, to put in the title. But that's what it really is, because people don't know that it's there until they feel your body, and then they say, wow, something's going on here, but I don't know what it is. That sounds great. I um, I want to remind listeners, it's 935. Um, this is K-Mud, and this is Chi Talks with Javi. My guest is Dr. Robert Chukro today, uh, author, and... Um, Tai Chi teacher, uh, PhD physics teacher at NYU, and uh, also a longtime Tai Chi practitioner. And we were just listening to how um, the process by which he discovered the feeling of water as opposed to the feeling of tensing muscles in terms of uh, awareness and cultivation of energy and um, practice. Uh, Can I ask you a question? So what does it feel like when you're interfacing with the water of your body for uh, strength um, cultivation? It feels, see, uh, I don't know how many people um, actually uh, know the feeling of electricity. I played with a lot of electricity when I was a kid and, you know, fixed a lot of equipment and got shocked many times. But it feels like electricity is going through your body. And I think that you're just feeling your own neural electricity, the electricity that comes from your brain and, and um, spinal cord going to the different parts of the body. Instead of channeling that to the muscles to tense them, which hides everything that's happening, you're, because it's, you need so much strength to do that. Even a small movement of your hand takes huge amount of contractive strength of the muscle. Um, you feel, in, in this relaxed state, you feel this, this uh, it feels like, a, like water going through a hose, you know, a fire hose. People, you need a few people to hold it, otherwise it'll fly around, and you can't bend it. That's the way your arm starts to feel, and then other parts of the body as you, um, extend it throughout the body. The goal, that's the goal, everywhere in the body. And it feels like electricity. And then you, as time goes on, you get, because it's a feedback system, you send electricity and then it has an effect and then you, you get that effect back and perceive it. You, you learn to intensify it. And you can intensify it to the point where it's just so strong, it feels like your body can't stand it anymore almost. It's, it's just so powerful, such a powerful feeling. And when you're in that state, somebody pushes your arm, it's like, it's like steel, it really is. Or hits it, hits it hard. It's, it, you, know, you hardly feel anything. Um, it's not that you can withstand the pain, it's that it doesn't do any damage because this water is so expanded. And uh, so it's a feeling of electricity, tingling feeling, squirming feeling, um, and a feeling of, of, of strength, of big, of important strength, that as you develop it. At the beginning, you may not even notice it because you're feeling that all the time. That's always there. 
but it's not to a degree that you can intensify by practicing it and cultivating it. You mentioned um, Gerald Pollack, and I just became aware of his work uh, within the last year. So I'm curious when you became aware of his work, he talks about the fourth phase of water, right? And easy water and the gelatin uh, or the crystalline shape that water forms in the body. And so we should we should let the listeners know about this fourth phase of water and how uh, the body holds this uh, crystalline um, structure and then also how these crystalline structures are broken down in the body. Hmm. Um... Well, I'm not sure about the crystalline structures um, because I've concentrated on the the gel aspect, but um, I'm I'm not sure exactly how it works, what the physics of it is, or the science of it is, but the fact that that's what I'm feeling is to me very important because that that can enable others to take it further. Well, he talks about how the like from the surface level and feeling, it looks like a gel. It's more of a solid uh, in rel relative to the liquid quality that water holds. But he says that the reason that it has this gel-like structure is the crystalline shape that the molecules um, form, similar to like what we would see in, in fractals or in like sacred geometry, you know, something that effect, but he says that that um, uh, that is how, uh, in the body, water chooses to, uh, in, in healthy, in a healthy environment, water chooses to take this shape. So he says like, you know, eating well, vitamin D being in the sun, uh, even sauna can help to produce this gel like crystalline structure in the water of the body, which I would think, yes, there were 70% water. It's like, how do we maximize this, um, uh, condition, you know, to improve our health. Hmm. That that's very interesting. Thank you for explaining that. Um, but I think that when you do it with your own electricity, you're getting it with without any external thing. You don't. I'm not that you shouldn't take vitamin D. <laughs> not that you shouldn't be careful about what you eat. Um, but but that you you have it within you to do it. Uh, you have all the wherewithal and you know it doesn't cost anything either <laughs> it Amen. doesn't take you don't have to pay the electric bill <laughs> so to so to clarify in terms of like yeah you have you have that energy or the uh elixir within you um tell me if i'm wrong but i'm assuming that when you talk about using that elixir and and using your your essentially you're using your mind to cultivate and interface with the water of the body is that correct are you yes. speaking about the muscle tendon change um this is the experience that i have uh with dr young you you are familiar with his books the muscle tendon change um damos uh like fist set and palm set in which the mind is used to act as if you are tensing but yet you're only tensing with your mind, not with the physical structures. Is this what you're doing when you're interfacing with the water of the body? That sounds like, like it may be the same, yes. See, there are so many ways of explaining this, and a lot of them are very mysterious. 
um, partly because it was hidden for so long. The art was hidden. They didn't want others to know about it because it was it had power and uh, protective power. <clears throat> so it sounds like maybe that's what's involved. Yes, and and then there are all these ways of transmitting the what you're feeling to somebody else and so that they can experience it and cultivate it. I have to ask you because a couple of my clients are interested. Um, we discussed some of your articles and we're interested in knowing about like the cellular processes. Um, yes. You talk about cellular streaming, you talk about protoplasmic streaming and you talk about the, the micro movement of the cell that produces the feeling of energy, tingling sensations and whatnot. Would you like to expand on that for us, please? The, well, as I, as I go on, my, um, my understanding of it evolves. So I, that, I wrote that quite a while ago. Um, the, what I feel is that the, nobody knows what she, well, nobody knows what she is. Scientifically, nobody knows. Um, that doesn't mean that that can't do amazing things with it. Acupuncture, it works on You know, people say, oh, you have to believe in it. No. It works on animals. They don't believe in chi. <laughs> uh, they they don't have you don't they don't know what you're doing. Well, they but they know that it works, and and they know a lot of the ways that it works. But scientifically, it's it's being studied now. But there's not full understanding. But the way I see it is, it has something to do with the fact that we started off with individual cells. In other words, if you go back evolutionarily, it, there were just single cells. That was how it started. And then the cells grouped together or enabled more cells to be together. Well, in order for that life form to, to continue to, to be alive, those cells all had to do their functions in harmony with the other cells. We are now very complex in terms of that. Um, we have organ, specialized organs, a nervous system, a visual sense. But if you look at one-celled protists, they're these, these one cell and they swim around and they seem to know things. They seem to avoid things. They, if they get caught in something, they wriggle out. They eat others. They run away from ones that were not run, but shoot away from others that are going to eat them. Uh, they, there's some knowledge that's in them. Even though they don't have muscles, they don't have a nervous system, they don't have eyes and ears and, and bloodstream or anything like that. So we're composed of cells like that, which move. move. They can't go from one place to, to another, but they can change their shape and maybe send messages to other cells so that there's a harmony in the body. Well, we have other ways of doing that. We have hormones, we have electricity that can do, electrical system that can do that. But this is the primitive way, the most basic primitive system that we have. And there are a lot of things in our body that are that way. There are many ways it can do a certain thing. Um, so what it is when we, the electricity is going to our bodies all the time, even when we're sleeping. Our neural nerves, nerves are sending electricity, but small amounts of it to keep the muscles in tone, to, to, um, to activate this, the cells, to get the cells to absorb oxygen, to get them to absorb nutrients, to 
stimulate them to release their waists and stimulate them to do inner movement. And so when you send that electricity more than normally, you are enhancing that process. These cells now are more able to do their functions, to intercommunicate with others, to, to um, get the nutrients they need. If they don't get it, they die. We have a lot of dead cells. At my, my point, I'm 85. I know I have a lot of them. I hope not too many in my brain. And, uh, but in my muscles, I know I'm not, not strong anymore. And, uh, and even though my muscles are not small, they don't have the strength that muscles that size would have. So cells die. So this keeps them alive. This intercommunication helps the body to heal, helps all the processes in the body. And the more we can get, open up the body and have the electricity going and stimulating all of this, the more this chi occurs. What, what is it? It's some, way, it's some sort of way of communicating that these cells have that we don't even know about, whether it's electrical or who knows what. It's not probably a gravitational force. So the only other thing could be nuclear, I don't know. But somehow they're commute, or maybe there's something we don't even know about, but they're communicating with each other and we're enhancing that by upping the chi. What we're feeling may not be chi, it may be electricity, but that we know that that is enhancing it. That's great. Can you talk about the um, Buddhist concept of non-attachment and releasing tension uh, in the cells and the and the tissues? How this now comes in comes into play, given what you said. Yeah. The great question. The Buddhist idea. The main, from what I've studied, the main thing in Buddhism could be summed up as seeing things the way they really are, not through my, our wrong ideas that we've gotten from other people, from media, from television, from, from newspapers, from movies, uh, from school, etc., from our parents, not through our emotional system, which gets us all, into all kinds of trouble, but ex really seeing things as they are. And to get, to be able to peel away and discard and clean out all of the garbage that we have, that we think is true, that we think we know is true, and replace it by something that's better. How do you do that? Very hard. Um, just, just to change a little thing is almost impossible. But if you can do it with your body, if you can start connecting with your body and releasing tension that you have, then that's the precursor to being able to release wrong thinking, to be able to, by looking at yourself inwardly, then you can start to look at your thoughts and see how things that you think are sabotaging you, are harming others, are, um, are causing problems in the world. And um, it's very hard to do. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. But if you're brutally honest in a way where you're self-punishing yourself, then that sabotages it. You, it has to be just seeing yourself as you really are, as other people might, might see you if they were looking at you objectively, or how you would see somebody else who would be doing, thinking, acting the way you tend to do. And, and change that. 
it's it's very hard to do, but it it take that's self development, and I feel we're here to do that, and if we don't, it's it's um, it, we we haven't optimized our experience in this in these bodies. How how can you help shed light on the uh, you know this current uh, environment that we find ourselves in? the uh, pandemic and the, you know, the virus and um, anxiety, uh, the unknown. And given what you said in terms of like internal cultivation, um, listening, uh, this Buddhist concept of letting go and shedding your conditioning, uh, how do you navigate, you know, through the environment and then how, you know, maybe some words of, of advice given the Tai Chi principles that, that, that can help? Well, anxiety is something that a lot of that comes from the way you think. And certainly the, there is a lot of it, a lot of negative stuff that, that's coming into us at this point. Um, that, and especially because there's tremendous polarization. And those people who don't want to be vaccinated for whatever reason are considered to be the cause of the problem. So the, the vaccine only works if, if somebody else takes it. That that's seems to be the thinking um, that we've been exposed to. And you're, you're the cause of the problem. Um, I don't think that's, that's true. But uh, the, the thing is to have some faith in your immune system, but do all the things that will improve it. Vitamin D to the right, right degree. Uh, you can get tested. Um, vitamin K2, uh, zinc, um, not eating in such a way that causes a cesspool in your digestive tract, which then ties up your immune system to be able to deal with this, this toxic load that occurs from all the bacterial decomposition. Um, I have a lot on my website about that. And staying, you know, just, you don't have to be close to other people. Um, why do you need to be close to other people all the time? Is that something that really you need? Or is it something, a weakness that you have? Um, I like being by myself. Um, I was banned from, from a, a, a social event because I'm not vaccinated. It was, it was fine that I could be home and just do, do all the things I do. I have more things than I can fit into a day. I am a little annoyed that people are so close-minded that they don't understand enough about it. Um, but the point is we're in a very negative time. It's a very dark time, not just because of the pandemic, but so many other things coming to a head. What I, the saving grace that, are, that, that, that I always turn to is that I'm in this body, here in this physical world, for my development. And this is the best place for it. If it were any less strident and anxiety-provoking and um, causing, causing emotional, physical pain, it wouldn't be enough for me. I wouldn't learn what I need to learn here. So I'm here to learn in the best possible place for that learning to occur and also here to, to help other people learn, but mainly to progress, to, to develop. And so that's what I should be doing, using it for that. And when you do that, you have a feeling of elation rather than 
dwelling on the negative, which just causes anxiety and um, churns up your, your emotional system. Does that help? Is that what an answer that that's meaningful? <laughs> that's great. So you're almost suggesting that the current environment and the conditions we find ourselves in, in this possibly negative ocean helps to, in a way, train or fine tune all of these things that you've mentioned in the show in terms of the self-improvement, the internal cultivation, the uh, knowledge of self, body, um, internal systems and energetic systems and healing systems, no? And how your, how you, your thought processes work and cause that, cause you to then get into an emotional state that's undesirable or do things that are, that are not good. Um, it's there for our learning. Everything is here for our learning. The mistakes you make and the, the impingement of others on, on you, all these things are opportunities that are there for your progress, to, to make progress. And you can do it, use it or not. It's your choice. Sort of enter the spiritual realm then because you have to transcend all of these ideas, even your own physical body, possibly your own physical death yeah limitations yes pain is another one that when Emotional? you well any kind of pain it's there to show you something something needs to be worked on you need to do something and to to just to take some, let's say take some pharmaceutical there's a pharmaceutical for everything that that shuts it out is not getting to the root of the problem the root of the problem is how you think how you how you use the the faculties that you have i appreciate your time um we just have uh, another minute can you give me just uh, some final uh, you know some closing words some closing thoughts what you said actually now was great but um some final uh thoughts and then how people can get in touch with you well there's one thing and that is what i was taught when i studied meditation was to look at everything you say and everything you think and see how the negativity that might be there is impinged, is, is telling your, um, your subconscious mind that, which just believes it's true, and then that will come back to haunt you. So you have to see all the negative things that you think, all the negative things that you say. Look at them and objectively and then see how that is affecting you negatively and start to eliminate that as much as possible. It's hard, very hard to do because we're in such a negative environment. And uh, my website is chuckro, C-H-U-C-K-R-O-W, just like it sounds, Tai Chi, C-A-I-C-H-I.com. If you just look up Chuckrow on Google Chuckrow, you'll you'll get to my website pretty quickly. But Robert Chuckrow is my name, and that the website has a way of getting in touch with me um, through email or whatever. And I have a lot of articles on health and on Taiji, but all from a um, unconventional point of view. 
Yeah, I would definitely second that. The uh, the Tai Chi and Qigong framework offer offer that what I would say is like the 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 lens, the Qigong lens is usually right is is what is what I often say. I really appreciate your time today. We are uh, at the top of the hour and I want to thank you and hopefully have you back and um, hopefully we um, could shed some light on on you know some of the uh, issues that that are that we're struggling with. Um, have a great day. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You can email talkingchi at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.